It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between, we'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Monday episode. We are doing a pop culture roundup, and we have... Dana Omari at IG famous by Dana with us today. We always have, uh, I just have so much fun with her. In fact, we did this, uh, we did this talk at like, was it 10 a.m. my time? So I was all hopped up on caffeine, coffee, bright and bushy tailed. And now it's 11 o'clock at night and I feel the exact opposite. I'm just trying to get to the finish line. (laughs) How the the heck was your weekend, folks? Were you good? Listen, we're going to get to this interview in a second. And then afterwards, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about the Wendy Williams uh, two-part docu-series that aired on Lifetime this weekend. I still don't know how the hell... That aired, how they let that air. I thought it was a very, uh, it was cruel in a lot of ways. If you watched it, I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I was very shocked. We also had the SAG Awards over the weekend. I don't know if anybody watched that. They streamed it live on Netflix. Netflix, little by little, is getting into the streaming genre of like live events. They did it with a Dave Chappelle special. Now they are doing. They did it with a Chris Rock special, and now they are doing it with award specials. And I gotta say, I really enjoyed it. I, I the Barbara Streisand got like the Lifetime Achievement Award, and I, I'm in like a Barbara Streisand kick right now. I'm listening to her autobiography, and it's 48 hours long. I just made it 33% through the book, and that's like 16 hours right there. And it's why, but I love it. I love how detailed she is. I love the recall in her memory. I mean, she's a true artist. It really is inspiring to listen to. And then I'm going to go back and watch a lot of her films and the films she's directed as well. And uh, I, I just, I love, I love hearing people's stories. Anyways, enough about Barbara Streisand. No, the SAG Awards were fun to watch. Um, and uh, yeah, the Wendy Williams thing is just kind of stuck with me. All night. And also big weekend for Tom Sandoval, folks. Big week for Tom Sandoval. He was in the New York Times. And then on Saturday night, Saturday Night Live used him as a joke in their weekend update. And then tonight on HBO, on last week tonight with John Oliver, they used Tom Sandoval as a punchline tonight as well in reference to pigs. So what a week. He did the hat trick. Congratulations goes out to Tom Sandoval. Now, a lot of people out there will be saying, oh, he'll love that because he's potentially a narcissist and they love any sort of attention. But I can't imagine you would just love that. But this, see, this is what I want. I did that New York Times um, podcast last week talking about the article. And I said, this is why you got to come correct for things like that. Because if you get an opportunity to be in the New York Times, you better make sure it's good. Because if it's not, that's one thing. But it's if it's a train wreck, that's a whole nother thing where you then put another spotlight on yourself, where then you become the butt of the joke to places like Saturday Night Live, Last Week Tonight, talk shows, 
you know, that. And now we're going to have to hear Tom potentially bitch of like, come on, dude. It's enough already. It's crazy. Just if you be quiet, it will stop. It will. It will. Whew. You guys guys good? How was the weekend? Was it good? Was it everything that you wanted it to be? It's a bummer. It's Monday, right? Well, Well, no, we'll get through it. It's good. This week, you got a lot to, you got a lot of stuff to watch. Tonight, you had Real Housewives of Potomac. You had the season finale of Married to Medicine. Next week starts the Married to Medicine uh, reunion. And uh, Phaedra, by the way, Apollo, Phaedra's ex, is brought out on the Married to Medicine reunion. Like, how does that work? Phaedra, everything's coming up Phaedra this year because of the traitors, which she is doing fabulous on. When she gets in those roundtable discussions, she she's not, you know, she's not that good of a traitor in the sense of like making moves but when you get her at that round table nobody can beat her she is like undefeated it's amazing to watch so you have that tonight you have below deck i've not I'm, I've, I've watched every episode this season but i haven't fully like gotten into it yet tuesday night we have the misery of vanderpump rules once again uh then wednesday we go into real housewives of beverly hills the first part of a three-part reunion we talk a lot about that today with dana our guest and then after that we have the first part of the Real Housewives of Miami reunion. Now, what's interesting, you get to Thursday, they have the second part of the Real Housewives of Miami reunion. So they are doing back-to-back nights for Real Housewives of Miami, and I love that. I wish they would do that with every Housewives show. You guys know I hate waiting a week to find out because usually the first part of the reunions, they don't have a lot of good stuff in it anyways. It's like little bits and pieces. And then uh, right after that second part of the Miami reunion, we have the second episode of Summer House. I really enjoyed episode one of Summer House. Uh, Also, if you're looking for more content, I released two big episodes over the weekend on our Patreon. I did a Summer House uh, episode about the first episode of this season with Sandra Fryer. And then uh, I just released today a full solo recap of The Traders. I like doing Alan Cummings' voice. And I also like to try to do CT of like, hey, I, uh, you know, Phaedra, you know, I, I, she's looking like a traitor, you know, and I think Trichelle might be right here. I like, I love doing that. So go sign up at patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. And also at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time tonight, Monday night, we are doing a live Patreon chat where you can come and join and watch me make my goofy faces and talk about anything you want. Beverly Hills, Traders, Love is Blind, which I'm loving. So much good TV right now. Um, and that's it. Let's get to our guest, and then afterwards we'll come back for Wendy Williams, because this is about like an hour and 25 minutes with Dana. And we talk about everything. Vanderpump Rules, uh, Beverly Hills. We talk about uh, plastic surgery and, and certain procedures that celebrities have gotten. We talk about Love is Blind. This conversation kind of goes everywhere and we could have kept going for another two hours we didn't hit half the things i wanted to but it was just a lot of fun so i hope you have a lot of fun with it too and i hope you have the best start of your week truly i really do hope that and uh yeah i'll talk to you after the uh the dana interview for a little wendy williams talk elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank but with quince i get high-end versatile pieces at prices i can actually afford Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. 
Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Folks, welcome to an all new week. Start your week off right while we make fun of these celebrities and reality stars. And potentially you'll learn something, but that's really not the main priority here. As always, uh, with me is one of my favorites. I have not talked to her in a minute and I am so thrilled to have her back. Uh, you know her from her insanely good Instagram account at IG Famous by Dana. We have the one, the only Dana Amari. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Ryan. It's been way too long. It has been way too long. Listen, that's the, like, and by the way, it's, I'm so bad on dates. I was like, oh, uh, let's do it a couple of weeks. And it was the Super Bowl. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot people actually care about the Super Bowl. Uh, and that's, Only when that's it's a pre- Taylor's version, right? Only when it's Taylor's <laughs> version. <laughs> well, were you swept up in uh, the Super Bowl, the, the Taylor Travis of it all? I mean, not, I love them, but not really. I'm, I don't know. I was like two teams wearing red. This would be very confusing, but here we are. <laughs> that it can just be as simple as that. It's very confusing to watch two teams that are in red. I was noticing on your Instagram page, you had a post that I don't know that I think blew up. You were talking very gently about the work that Taylor Swift has ha, might have had done over allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. But like, I, you know, I love, I think your caption was very gentle because, you know, Taylor has such a, you know, t- we call it Taylor's army. You know, did you get a lot of blowback from that post from Taylor fans? Yeah, not as much as I have in the past because I have posted her several years ago. And I think it's because I anticipated it 
usually one of the fan pages, you know, the ones who think Taylor's their best friend and they just have yeah. Taylor all over their pages. Usually they get wind and then they post to their stories and demand that I, you know, be like tarred and feathered. But um, that didn't happen this time, but I did have a lot of, oh my God, she just grew up. These are 20 years apart. And I'm like, I wish this is what happened in 20 years. Unfortunately, well, we had to pay a lot of money to get there. I mean, first off, parasocial relationships can be really very interesting. And as I get further into this, you know, I, I, I realize that even myself on a small level, but it is wild because I think you always come from a point of, it's not bad to get work done. It is not, this isn't a negative thing. Why are we, why are we, why do we view as a society? This is a negative thing that people actually are trying to look their best. Exactly. So um, I always point out like the inherent bias. So when I say she looks amazing, it looks like she's had X, Y, and Z done. And then people say, why are you tearing women down? This is so awful. And I'm like, show me where I use any negative language. I usually use positive or at least neutral language. And so you're coloring it with your own bias. Well, and I, I think it's just something about natural that we just put on a pedestal. That's it. Well, I think that we want to believe that anything like that people are born a certain way. Like I even thought this when I used to really be like a, a full-time or trying to be a full-time actor is that it was a big revelation to me that like actors actually went and took classes that they actually worked to get good. I think a lot of people want to believe this is some God-given talent and part of it is, but there's a lot of work that goes into anything that you care about in this life. I mean, this, this podcast might come off stupid and all that stuff to people, but like there is so much actual work that goes into it. Weirdly enough, what did you, what did you speculate that Taylor had done? Oh, so her entire like upper half of her face is completely different. It has really, really opened <laughs> her eyes. Like her eyes are larger, wider. She almost sometimes has like a always surprised look. So she has a very dramatic brow lift. This is not a subtle brow lift. It's not a Botox brow lift. It's, it's pretty dramatic, allegedly. Um, a bluff, which is your upper eyelid surgery. She has a very great subtle nose job. It looks like she's, you know, had a little bit of cheek filler and just fillers in her face and her lips. Um, very subtle in that. And then a breast augmentation, which was confirmed by one of the surgeons here in Houston. He was not her surgeon, but he knows who her surgeon is. Ah, I love um, that sur surgeons are going, hey, the word on the street with the surgeons is, I love that the surgeons know, are like we, telling on each other. Right. Well, I mean, you know, Sometimes you just kind of know, like, even if the surgeon is like not saying who they're working on, I mean, you, you know, and they wouldn't tell me who the surgeon was. I begged, I bet you, like I groveled. It was very embarrassing. And he said, I'm not telling you <laughs> who did her surgery, but yeah. I, but he's a friend. And of course we all know the, the BBL, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, no. No, no, she, she really did have something. I posted about it. I don't know how many years ago that it looks like she did some like sculptor butt injections, but since then she has gained weight. And I just, I don't even want to get into that can of worms. Just talking about her obvious brow lift got me in enough trouble. So well, I got to tell you, if you have the money, like I I'm, I've been doing uh, Jeff Lewis's radio show over on Sirius uh, a little bit in the here and there. And <laughs> He was talking about his butt augmentation. It wasn't a BBL. And he showed me before and after. Like, I was I was like, I am seeing Jeff Lewis's bare ass. And he showed me the before and after. And I got to tell you, it was a huge difference. I was like, what the hell? Like, these things, sometimes they actually work. The other one I wanted to ask you about, which I, I didn't even plan on bringing up, but 
the one I noticed, and it was was Brad Pitt. Whatever Brad Pitt has, he's sixty years old. This dude, whatever work he did is, you can tell something's, but it's like perfect. Like what? I mean, you you noticed that too, I, I right? I posted about it. I posted him. Um, he got a facelift, and it looks incredible. Like it's he a does. very good facelift. Yes. And what was really funny is when I posted him, so he had like the jowling. So that's where he had like the fullness, like down by his jaw. So when you have that facelift, everything's just put back to where it was, you know, when you're a little younger and people were like, he just lost weight. And I was like, no, 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 no. Scroll to the end where he is the same size. This is not weight loss. Uh, It's just wild. People are like men get facelifts. Men get facelifts all the time, especially when your job is to look like Brad Pitt. Well, it pisses me off, though, because this guy has been a Greek god his entire life. Like, the only way us other guys have a chance to catch up with him is if he's not allowed <laughs> to get surgery like this. Because I was sitting there going, how does this You're dude... you waiting for him to get ugly. <laughs> oh, but that's what I pray every day. And the thing is, he looks bad. Like, I was like, shit, he now looks younger than I do. And I'm way younger than Brad Pitt. And that was like... I, I I was even st- I was even in admiration of how I was like damn that guy looks good again like not that he's ever looked bad right but I mean also think about the pressure of being Brad Pitt and then when he oh Dana like, stop the pressure to be no Brad no Pitt. To, to be to be back to what he was you know yeah, I think yeah, at yeah. some point we started to be like oh he looks a little you know yeah 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 up. maybe the cigarettes are catching up and then he was like uh uh-uh, I got to get back to it. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, I, I was hats off to whoever. And the wait, uh, not about the pressure to be Brad Pitt. Think about the pressure to be Brad Pitt's surgeon. Like just imagine one mistake, one, like one mistake in the work of these super celebrities. Like if you fuck Taylor Swift's face up that, I mean, that's it for your career. You're done. You're done. Maybe, except for that. Taylor Swift is not going to say that she had surgery and she's not going to name you. So it, it kind of, it sucks when you do a great job and no one will tell anyone that you did the work, but if you mess up, I mean, are they going to say I went under and it was bad? <laughs> okay. Well, listen, let's get into some other, I mean, I will say, uh, bringing up Vanderpump rules, Tom Sandoval is somebody that's always been a big proponent of, you know, trying to look their best using whatever means necessary. And he did shave off the mustache, as we all know. But, uh, you know, it seems like he's very fresh faced. And that could have been like him quitting alcohol for eight months. Um, You know, have you noticed any work with any of the Vanderpumpers lately on the the new season? I mean, they're pretty consistent and relatively open about, you know, getting Botox fillers, um, Kybella. They, I know that I, I believe Katie maybe was like the face of Kybella for a minute. I'm not sure if I'm right about that. Um, I remember Stassi. Or was that Brittany? Was that Brittany? Oh, Brittany. I'm sorry. You're Brittany, right. Yeah. Brittany, Brittany. But I, you know, I think Katie, um, maybe did shin lipo, but she always looks incredible. Um, actually my husband and I were talking about how literally gorgeous Katie's face is. She's just one of the most beautiful people and Anyway, and I think, by the way, I think she's looking the best she ever has because, yeah. and no offense to Tom Schwartz, I think because of, you know, when Black you get out stuff. of her, yeah, when you get out of her, like, I mean, she even said in one of the first episodes, listen, he's not my problem anymore. And I say that saying that it doesn't mean he's like this evil, bad, uh, the whole worst in the world. But I will say in that relationship, when you get out of a relationship that's toxic or around friends that are like, it right. does actually help your overall look. Right. I mean, I'm sure she's even sleeping better at night. So that's, you know, showing everywhere. I love Katie. I, love Katie. Um, I always say I want to be a Lala, but I'm a Katie and I'm okay with that. 
I like that we compare them like your favorite Sex in the City character. Oh, you're a Samantha. You're such a Samantha. And for the guys, we're completely fucked. Like, who do you want? Like, maybe Peter? Like, maybe Ken? Like, who do we want to... Like, if you're a guy, who do you even want to be on that cast at this point? Well, right now, I don't know if I'm blinded by how awful some of the other guys are or if he really has just kind of blossomed. But James Kennedy is like, he's looking really good now. Casa Kennedy! Casa! I do not drink anymore. I've so- I'm sober because it's my choice, even though Ali left me and I I told her I'd quit drinking. What did you I mean, what do you think of Vanderpump Rules? Which, by the way, folks, if you did not watch Saturday Night Live, that's OK. It was just so so <laughs> as it usually is. But in the weekend update, they did a frozen embryo in regards to the insanity that's going on in Alabama right now. And the, the frozen embryo said, I like I am as cold and heartless as uh, Tom Sandoval is. And then he went on to say, like, even I can see that this man is a narcissist. So he made a joke on Weekend Update. And I said, Tom's going to hate this because he loves to complain about things. But secretly, we all know that he's going to love it uh, deep down that. because he loves being a celebrity and mentioned. And Tom's had a wild week with Vanderpump Rules, Saturday Night Live, and of course, the New York Times article um which uh, i'm sure you read or heard yes. about where do you stand on tom sandoval right now i think that he is very very tone deaf and he i mean he really he, thinks wait are you talking about his music are you talking about his music what are you talking about yeah oh yes, it's a <laughs> no um he like when he, he's comparing himself and i and i posted about this on my story he was comparing uh it, and i will give him it was a pop culture phenomenon but he's comparing it to like social justice, yeah. civil rights, landmark legal cases. And it's like, no, baby, you're closer to yeah. like, you know, Tiger Woods cheating scandal than you exactly. are to well, Floyd. That's exactly it. Dana, that's exactly it. Cause that's what I was like, guys, I get the the that we're we like to be enraged, or that's like the norm nowadays with pop culture, because I think it like, you know, we're politically enraged and that spills out into pop culture and everything. But I understood, but I, I was like, let me also posit the theory that Tom is just at the end of the day, not the brightest man in terms of speaking for himself. He's not right. a good speaker, nor has he ever been. And you're right. right. Like you can't conflate the two. There is one like social, social justice news stories should not be compared to pop culture stories at all. And the fact that he doesn't realize that uh, it's probably been a hard week. Hopefully he's realized exactly why that does not work at all. But also it's just like, guys, I'm not saying enough for him, but like, he's just not smart in this arena right well so what has been so wild to me was that i always saw schwartz as like the puppy dog like i call him a golden retriever he messes up like you know digs in the yard and he's like eh, whatever it's fine like i'll get over it but he has been the voice of reason for sandoval which has been insane to me sandoval <laughs> is complaining and telling him things and this is not just once or twice not once yeah. twice but thrice <laughs> that <laughs> Um, Schwartz is like, no man, the optics on this, or, you know, like yeah, yeah. that is not, he's like, dude, new. you could just say, yeah, it's just, just or, say, sorry. Just say, yeah. sorry, dude. Not just, he's not saying, he's not even just saying, just say, sorry. He's literally saying, dude, like, that's not like, that is not going to work out for you. If you, if you continue down that path with that thought process. And so to hear Schwartz come out <laughs> with that, I'm like, I think I really misjudged Schwartz. Like I, 
I never thought he was dumb, but he's a lot more intelligent than I ever gave him credit to be. Well, I mean, I, I agree in certain aspects of that, but I think it's so funny is like Schwartz and Lisa are both coming off as politicians right now is that right. they're literally doing backroom deals of like, here's why, yay, Tom's family, Lala, come on, he's family, you gotta, you know, he's literally going out there, like pulling people aside, you know, kind of like on this The campaign. Bachelor. This campaign. Yeah. Yeah, can I pull you for a second? Can I pull you for a second? Lisa Vanderpump. Will you doing vote this. for Tom today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could, hey, can I depend on your vote for Tom? Uh, Lisa Vanderpump doing the same thing, and I think that's interesting. Like, of course, you know, you're going to stand up for your friend, but he's really putting his self himself out there. And I do wonder, Schwartz, when he does read these New York Times articles and stuff like that, I wonder if he goes, "Man, is all the shit I try to do for this man sometimes falling on deaf ears?" And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be friends because. Who the F am I to say, like, who the F are any of us to say this shit? But come on, it's got to be frustrating. He had to go and watch what happens live that night. It was live and and they just didn't talk about it at all. Andy just did not bring it up at all. But I imagine Schwartz going into that of going, why does this always happen on the day when I go on live TV? <laughs> well, it's because it happens every episode. <laughs> well, I mean, and then the at the end of this week's episode, uh, Lisa... <laughs> Brings out Graham, uh, a.k.a. Hippie, because DJ James Kennedy is renamed the dog. And it was a very beautiful scene. But what we had all heard, and this is the unfortunate thing about this show being so popular and people not ruining, but people photographing and videoing, is that my understanding was that Graham was given to DJ James Kennedy on the Tahoe trip. And what I also am hearing was that this was potentially... I, there, there's something messy with this. There's something that this might not have been the actual truth, the actual reuniting of Graham and DJ James Kennedy. Have you heard anything about this? Well, I remember when it was first like happening that I like, I'm trying to recall exactly, but basically that maybe Rachel or her family had given him up. And maybe we're like sent him yeah. to the maybe the foster. Well, so Rachel was there. Rachel Rachel was in the mental health facility. The parents were looking after it. Supposedly, Graham uh, bit the mom to the bone. Oh, yeah, you're what, right. You're right. Yeah, you're and if you listen to Rachel's podcast, I think the first episode she deals with all of this. And Rachel said, "I still have a lot of work here to do." So they foster right. or they rehome the dog with like somebody that said that they deal right. with these sort of animals and then right. the, but, the, Graham, why they didn't why didn't they reach out to james like why like, well she said she said D, well rachel said dj james kennedy is in rachel's opinion she did not want graham with dj james kennedy and said dj james kennedy was the one that built up that dog's aggressiveness would always like push like really the, the first episode she deals with that issue towards the end of it First, I'm not going to uh, lie, I don't listen to her podcast. No, no, and nor, nor should, but by the way, the early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? 
the women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Nor should you. There's enough recaps out there that you can read it, but I did listen to it. And I will say, like I said, I'm no Rachel apologist. God, no. But Rachel is a way better communicator now, way better than Tom Sandoval. And I think that is probably the biggest advertisement for mental health therapy and check-ins than anything else, because she is telling a more clear story that Sandoval, she actually seems to be cognizant of what she went through and what she herself participated in, even though I disagree with certain aspects of it. But she says like, I would never want Graham with DJ James Kennedy, but who knows? Like I'm always of the thing of like, you can change, you can do this, you know, like I want to believe the best in people. Um, (laughs) Dealing with Bravo has not beaten that out of me yet. Uh, But that, I mean, so that's the interesting thing. I just heard that like even Sheena on her Amazon live a while back said like, Oh yeah. Graham was reunited with DJ James Kennedy in Tahoe. So there's like this underground rumor thing going, is this a a scene that was filmed just for the show after DJ James Kennedy already? I don't know, but it is, it is. If it is, then he did a good job with his fake crying. Maybe he should be an actor. (laughs) Well, he's a, he kind of is. He's a very emotional man, which I love. I, I, I'm the same way, but like, I do think, you know, there's a reality show and then there's reality. And I think it's like really murky sometimes because I think we are seeing reality. I don't know. Anyway, so what, what is your take on this season so far? Because I hear so many people bitching about it and moaning about it and, oh, it's so this and that. But I'm like, guys, this is actually what's happening in their lives and they're not actual a real friend group anymore. So what else would we be seeing? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm liking it. Um, I don't know. I... Okay, so here, let me let me just kind of tell you how I feel about the whole like friend group thing. The fact that people think that no one should ever be friends with Sandoval or ever forgive Rachel is insane to me because at the end of the day, what they did was cheat. And I'm not saying I condone cheating. I'm not saying that, but this is not this is not a we can never ever ever be friends with you again like we've all had friends who've cheated on their partners that we're also close friends with you know we've all had that i understand that it costs strain and like a breakup in the group but to believe that they need to be friends like never friends again is unrealistic the only person that i see that should be like no fuck you tom like we are never ever 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 talking is ariana because it happened to her it didn't happen to lala yes like dj james kennedy i understand that he was betrayed but him and rachel i mean to the best of my knowledge they're already broken up they weren't it's the greatest betrayal it's the greatest betrayal right, right. Katie, I can kind of get it because she's going through her own divorce yeah. breakup. And she that's was married her. to this guy. Why that's would you? Best yes. I get. So Katie, great. Ariana, absolutely. But Lala, 
Like, Dude, love, love. Is, like, why? They they don't need to never speak to him again. They didn't physically and personally and emotionally do something to them. Yeah. I mean, well, and by the way, I want to point out also Ariana like made made her like, hey, I don't want to be friends with people that are like going to be in that friends with him. But also she says I'm, people can do people can do whatever they want, she says. But I also that's why I think there's a, a world in which I don't know if Ariana will be on the show again next season or would even want to be because in what fucking reality would we encourage any of our girlfriends or guy friends that were cheated on uh behind the like of seven or eight months right. of a relationship on national tv i don't care how much money you made off of this like everybody right. keeps saying like oh oh she made money so it's okay no it's not like by the way we should actually be going good on you girl for standing up for yourself and keeping it that way and like the fact is like schwartz is like i didn't listen i'm not a, a, a an accessory to this Actually, Tom, that's exactly what you were because you knew exactly the night after it happened the first time. You knew. That's what we call an accessory, even right. if your heart was in the right place. So the fact that Schwartz is even getting a little uppity about Ariana going like, dude, can you not see that she did consider you a friend? And that's why it hurts her so much. And she cannot talk to you again, because why would we then put ourselves back in that situation? And not just that, because every time you're going to talk to her, you're going to talk to her about bringing him back into the group and like, can he go on this trip with us? You know, like you're not even talking to me about my feelings and what I'm going through. You're trying to campaign for Tom. Well, that's it. I mean, that's why like that's why it's funny. Like and, and like you said, even with Katie, this is her ex-husband now. Like they obviously have a decent relationship, but Katie doesn't want to be best friends with this guy. Like in what world would you be like, I want to keep going on vacations with my ex-husband on right. TV. Like you got to think about the actual reality of that. So I, I've always tried to tell the audience at this point, if you watch this show, knowing that they're all potentially trying to escape from this show, it's much more fun to watch because it is like they are chained to this show. It's like a horror story. Right. But I will say, I do think Ariana is done. I don't think there's anything left for her on the show. Even, I know she's really good friends with Katie, obviously, but she's not actually that close with anyone else on the show. Even before, like yeah. Tom was kind of her, like, that was her chain. And so, and I love Ariana. So please, people do not come for me. I'm not saying that I am happy to see her go, but I don't think there's anything left for her on the show. She's already proving herself, you know, with what, like, yes, man. Like I feel like she she's... has other opportunities. Yeah. She yeah. might have her own talk show. I don't know. She's funny. She's witty. She's good with words. Who knows? But I think she's outgrown the show. And and by the way, outgrown and I want to clear outgrown the show. But that guys, that doesn't mean she thinks she's above the show. Oh yeah, yeah I just, I just no no no. I'm just I know exactly what you mean. And I also think what she's done with this is she's picked the right opportunities to make herself more of a name, and that's the name of the game, you guys. Like even for me or Dana, it's all about like I guess you know it's brand recognition and you know convincing companies that you're okay to work with. And you know Ariana's made these right decisions of hosting a couple episodes of Love Island, Dancing with the Stars, Broadway. Her Broadway run got extended because they actually brought in the most box office than they had in years. So right. all of these things like build to a better career because I hate to break it to everybody out there. What we're seeing, and Brandy Glanville, if you're listening, this goes directly to you. Reality TV and being a star on it is not meant to go forever. Let's all exactly. think about that. It's exactly. not meant to be the rest of your life. It's like the TV shows that have entirely too many seasons. Like there's only so many seasons of Grey's Anatomy before it's, it's <laughs> over. 
sick. Well, of it. Dana, Grey's Anatomy is still on TV. I, know. <laughs> I don't. I stopped at like season four or five. I, don't I know. Me know too. Me too. Like and then I was like, it's up to season twenty. It's now? Wild. It's getting insane. Like it's not even <laughs> anymore. But I mean, it, so to bring it to like regular people context, it's like working at a company where you've like, is it topped out? Yeah. Like you, you, there's, there's no more, you can't, there's no more room to move up. Like above you is just the CEO. Like, where are you going to go? Where near Ariana, you don't really have any connections with many people on the show anymore, like Katie, but like, you're not that close to anyone else. You want to move up. You want to move on. You want to make more money. You want to, um, well, that's how we are in our normal jobs. Like yeah, we go to our, our normal, normal jobs, jobs right. and it's we like want to make... actually, yeah. Yeah, it's like a promotion. I... You don't want to stay at the same place for 25 years in the same role. You want to move well, on. Well, what scares me though is that a lot of these people, we see it with housewives uh, particularly, is that they get off the show and then they they do everything in their power to try to get back on the show. And then when that doesn't work, they start bad-mouthing the show and they start, you know, the cut. Like people don't Just seem to understand. Just stay Bethany. Just stay Bethany. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, uh, I'm going to start chewing with my mouth open while I talk about in this segment. Uh, no, it yeah, is very- Bravo is awful. Well, no, it's just so funny. Like, you know, it's a, a, a double-edged sword because they're, they get, they get these great characters that have like these, you know, it's so funny. So, uh, so they make such good TV moments, but their egos are so big, which makes them a good housewife or reality star. But then on the flip side, when that ends, that ego is still there, that all of that stuff that we love them for is still there, but now it's working against them because you see the desperation. And that's why, even though we all like, you know, everybody can be like, oh, this Heather Gay, oh, the social media, it's so, it's so much. And so, yeah, like it can be really negative. I experience it myself. It can be completely negative and horrible, but at the end of the day, there still must be something so alluring about it that it is worth all of that because nobody is running away from it. They are running towards it. Well, I mean, it's the money and they're not in it just for the money. Obviously, it's the fame and recognition. I mean, I think about it like a professional athlete. At some point you age out, your body cannot continue to run miles and miles or like get tackled. You know, at some point you age out. These housewives are getting CTE. Their brains are broken. Yeah. I mean, listen, with some of the things that they they go through, I'm sure they do have CTE Um, or at least PTSD. But it's like. Putsta is Dorit. You've got putsta. like athletes when they retire and then sometimes they don't know what to do with themselves all they've known since you know forever was football or basketball or whatever it is and then when they're out of it they're like now what do I do if they're really charismatic if they're you know if they've been planning if they're really good at it they might become like you know sports talk like radio host or like whatever but what do they do and it's not even about the money at that point I just feel like they feel like they don't have purpose and so that's what I feel like happens with housewives is they're like I wanted to move on. There was nothing left for me, but now that I'm out of it, now what do I do? And usually yeah. their their kids are grown. Like, look at Kyle. Like, her kids are grown. She's going through probably a divorce. If she were to leave the show now, she would probably feel like she lost everything because husband, gone, kids, grown, show that she's been on for longer than most people are at any job. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, what's the purpose? And so like Kyle's, done thir- Kyle's done 13 seasons from the very, very beginning. Uh, we're going to talk about Kyle in one sec. The last thing about Vanderpump Rules. Do you look at your husband the way Billy Lee looks at Tom Sandoval doing a cold plunge? Because I've never seen such admiration and lust from a man getting into cold water. Billy well, Lee was like, oh, my God. 
oh, like thought it like it was like a magical bean she was watching. It was wild. Also, imagine just sitting outside of a tub while someone is freezing their body. Like, the, oh, I don't how know. Intense that, is that, it? That how intense is it? That whole thing was weird. Like, I thought that they were going to cold plunge together. Like, not in the same tub, but you know, usually. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tubs, and I thought they were going to do it together. <laughs> hey, come watch me cold plunge. <laughs> yes. But it's so weird. It, it I don't know. But I also, you could be a friend. Okay. Like, I don't know if she's okay. Well, you can be a friend to Tom and not look at him like he's the greatest thing that's ever happened on this earth. Like, it, I was like, maybe this isn't the tough love that Tom needs from his friends. <laughs> like, you know, like, if this is, like, the people supporting him, like, I almost, like, Kyle Chan, like, made a, a little bit of sense, like, a couple weeks ago and, like, pointing out things in an episode. But this Billy Lee seems like she'll agree with anything that Tom says. Like, anything that, like, and I was like, that's kind of wild there should be a little pushback potentially right but i mean i don't know if she's just like super in love with him she wants to be on the show it's a combination i i don't know what that is but it made me very uncomfortable i was like this is weird (laughs) two things can be true at once (laughs) um okay moving on to beverly hills we had the finale this week at sofi stadium mauricio obviously didn't know if it was going to be in the parking lot or the actual stadium (laughs) so he was surprised he didn't know where his wife was the entire time and this was a big production four hundred thousand dollar budget we had kevin lee she 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 back in action it was great to see him uh erica chain uh erica james (laughs) yeah well i mean she does one song at a sofi stadium yeah she's like uh, which by the way good good on her great i have no like whatever um but we have a three-part reunion starting this wednesday and we have gotten the trailer for it in fact the first seven minutes are online right now and in the trailer dorit uh tells erica jane of like Kyle sent me a text last night trying to silence me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, every there's a lot of speculation going on right now. Um, and the speculation, I think, not only about Mauricio and Kyle, but about Kyle and Morgan Wade. Now, Dana, did you see, I think it was Face Reality 16 as uh, the Instagram account that I first saw this on, was that Morgan Wade was on, well, was at Watch What Happens Live this past Wednesday for Kyle's appearance. And they do this little step and repeat on the Watch What Happens Live background. And you see Morgan place her hand in a very familiar place if you are very close to someone. It was like half on the butt, half on the hip. And, uh, you know, it's a very, you know, it's a very relationshipy kind of pose. Did you see this? Right. I did see it. But what that's you, not the only thing that made me think they're in a relationship. Kyle well, is acting like a teenager. Yeah, I mean, I'll, no, I mean, giddy. Yeah, right. She's like, I mean, she's sitting when she was saying that, like, oh no, we're just friends, and like, I'm getting tattoos with friends. You're getting multiple tattoos with your yeah. one person. You're sitting <laughs> on her lap. You're being more touchy feely, like Teddy. Mellencamp was your absolute best friend ever, and I've never seen <laughs> you sit on her lap. I've never seen you like canoodle with her. This is weird. I mean, Dorit's, Dorit's livid. Dorit, Dorit's like, this should be me. I know, this, we were I've close. The best friend. Forever. Do I have to get a tattoo of your initial on me for you to pay <laughs> attention to me? Right. Yeah, no, that is not, that is not friend behavior. That is not. Um, and if it were, that's weird because you only, like, she was doing that within a couple months of meeting her. 
You know well, what I mean? Like, well, well, Dana, you know, see, I'm confused on the timeline too, because Dorit had a talking head this season where she said, I remember Morgan from years ago. We were at a party and Mauricio was there. Like she brings this up. So I was like, how long has Morgan weighed? How long has she been around? Because I know in the, the episode earlier in the season at the tattoo place, Morgan's like, she stalked me. She stalked me. And I was like, great, but it seems like she's been around that. <laughs> I'd love doing my Morgan. I'm Morgan Wade. Yeah, I like the first time I heard her talk, I was like, this <laughs> this can't be real. And I'm oh. from Tennessee and I have a Southern accent and I have friends who have more dramatic Southern accents. And I was like, this, this sounds like a spoof. There's no way. It, but I want to, apparently. I, I also want to point out while I'm talking about this, just to make it very clear. I don't care who Kyle is doing the hippity dippity with. I, if she is gay, if she is bi, if she is straight, I don't care as long as she's happy. So that is not anything, but I will say I'm going to talk about it and I want them to be in a relationship because I want Morgan Wade to be back on the show next season. Yeah. I mean, well, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, damn right. As a couple. And by the way, that's what I wanted to talk about. Now there was a blind that Demois had, and there was also, a lot of speculation in regards to a certain aspect of the trailer when Sutton goes, and it looks like she's seen a ghost. There is a little shot of a flannel from the background. I think this right. is space 16 as well. A little shot of flannel and made a point that Morgan Wade is one of the only people that wears flannel in that circle. She was wearing so, flannel at something. Yeah, yeah. And we know Kyle is asked about Morgan Wade by Andy at the reunion. So there is speculation that there is going to be an announcement that she is in a relationship with Morgan Wade. This could be completely bullshit and that we might be getting a people cover about it. We might be getting certain things. And I was just thinking, going down my own little rabbit hole in my head of what if obviously this has been going on a while. And I'm not saying cheating because Mauricio and Kyle, whether anybody wants to believe it or not, Kyle has said, we knew what was happening going into this season. I didn't know how to lie. I don't have a good poker face. So she, they knew they were already separated at the beginning of the season. So I think this relationship has been going on. And I think it has been a, let me get through the season. And then we will make this. I need to make sure my family is protected. I need to make sure because they, the one thing you even know in that finale, they want to protect their family. It's not good for us reality show viewers, but I understand I understand what they're trying to do. So I believe in the next three weeks, you will have a, I don't know if it's coming out, but if it's a, a coming out of their relationship, uh, I believe that that will be happening. What do you think? I think so too, but I, do you think it's going to be shocking? Like, do you think, do you think it's going to, to some be- people, to some people, I'm not, not to, I'm not to, I don't. Not to Bravo fan. I mean, I don't think to Bravo fans it'll be shocking. I mean, does she have fans outside of Bravo? I, I, you know what? I don't. I am so desensitized. I don't even like. I don't even know what the crossover is anymore. Like, I don't even like. I mean, if I told my dad, he'd be like, "What the hell are you talking?" About? Like, I'm so ashamed of you. Still, like, what are you talking about? Like, um, <laughs> I was, I was, if I was like, it's Paris Hilton's mom's sister. It's Paris Hilton's aunt. They'd be like, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. like I, I don't know, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to take down like. Obviously, she is huge to us, but I feel like it's kind of like when everyone started to realize who Travis Kelsey was. Like, uh, you know, all these, like, <laughs> yeah. By the way, I I'm not a fans. sports guy. I I knew about Travis knew Kelsey because was, of Taylor. I thought he was so cute. Oh <laughs> I was like God. a cute football player. Um, <laughs> actually, went on um, a brand trip with his ex girlfriend 
Kayla Nicole. Oh, the one that's always like unfollowed him on Instagram and all yeah. that stuff. She yeah. is every bit of, is, of like stunning in real life as she is in her pictures. Like, holy crap. Wow. Yeah. So I got to go to Italy with her. Not with you. Wait, wait, you went on a fucking brand trip to Italy, Dana? Yes, I did. What the hell, and also, dude? Alana Eve. It's a black owned luxury dress brand based out of Atlanta, I believe. Um, Listen, I we, yeah. I got a I got a promo box from Stanley. I got a my own Stanley mug and a hat and a shirt. But like, and I love love it. I love Stanley. But like, send me on a trip, you guys. Like, where are you going? Like, I'll even go to Michigan or something. Like, send they me. Should, they should be able to like, you know, maybe Montana. Like, they should be able to afford that with all the like sorority girls like walking around with their giant like trash cans. <laughs> Just me, just me out there with a bunch of ladies, just in my Stanley gear. Like, the people of Bravo love Stanley. <laughs> but by the, I mean, like, we'll get back to Beverly Hills in a sec. But like, what is it like as you move up in the quote unquote influencer world and are going on brand trips? And I'm sure this is something that you could have never imagined for yourself. But I mean, is it? You know, because sometimes I feel, and I, I'm not organized or anything like that, but it's exhausting. Like it's exhausting. But what, how do you feel like, you know, every day with doing all of this? Well, I've only been on one brand trip, so. Knock on <laughs> wood. There's going to be many more brand trips to come. I know, but my first and only was Italy. So I feel like that. It's pretty big. You know, yeah. Um, I don't know. It was just like just a bizarre world. And, you know, here are all these like literally gorgeous girls who are taking a million pictures. And, oh, we got to bring a plus one. So I got to bring my best friend. Um, and not we your, were not your here, husband, like, what, not your not husband. Her, no, yeah. Well, she wanted girls so that she oh, okay. was all in dresses and stuff. Gotcha, so gotcha, I got gotcha. my best friend Keely and we were over here like, Oh, we're in Italy. We're going to go shopping. We're going to eat. We're going to, you know, do all the touristy stuff. And all the girls that were like way more serious. And that's when I was like, am I not serious about my career? They're like, Oh, I have four outfits. I'm gonna go here and take pictures and there and take pictures yeah. and like, around. And I'm over here like, I can't wait to have like a real awesome. coffee from Italy. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. I was gonna ask, like, is everybody out there just like filming and like you're getting into my shot? You're getting into my shot. Like, is everybody just have their cameras out filming content nonstop? Constantly. And like literally one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen in my life. She um w- was in Sports Illustrated. She is amazing. We, she took pictures of me, like every picture I was like, Oh, I love, she's like, no, we could do better. Like turn your head, do like, she was like directing me incredible pictures. And then we took all these pictures of her, like literally I'm not exaggerating a thousand pictures in like one outfit. And I was like, you have to like one of these, she's just like, honestly, I don't, I don't like, but she's like, I always do this. I take between 300 and a thousand pictures and then I <laughs> pick one she's like i usually have to sleep on it and then, and then <laughs> i'll find one that i think is like salvageable and when i tell you she looks like a literal barbie doll yeah 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 in real life sports illustrated come on i love that all these people like, and then they they know how to edit everything together. Like, I think one day, like if influencer industry crashes, some of these people could go like edit for Martin Scorsese or something like that. Like, I love that all of these models know how to like edit now, you know? I, I can edit. I, every time the Kardashians mess up, I'm like, is this on purpose or do you need me to edit for you? I will sell my soul. Kris Jenner. Pay, Wait, we'll get pay it. Me. That's I'll a edit way. for you. Okay. Say the, this is good. The say the Kardashian said, Dana, we do want you to come edit for us, but you need to shut down your account. Would you do it? 
um, if they had a guarantee for millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars where like, sure. <laughs> but you can't, you can't talk to anybody about it. You can't be interviewed about it. We're not going to tell people that you did it. I'm just, no, I'm going to do interviews that I shut down my account because I became independently wealthy. Like, <laughs> I'm now a socialite. Look at Kylie's like, um, her, oh, actually all of them, all of their like personal assistants are now like influencers. I'll be like, send me on a brand trip. I'm independently wealthy now. All of this work is natural. <laughs> it's funny. It's like a feeder system into being an, uh, a successful influencer. Um, um, I wanted to read you uh, the text that got leaked uh, that Dorit is talking about Ooh, in yes. regards to Kyle. So yes. this is kind of long. So bear with me, folks. And I'm not going to do my Kyle voice of, hi, I've been trying to read. No, hi, I've been trying to reach out because I know we are in a weird place and it really bothers me, Dorit. And it's not even on the show. I wanted to explain where I am and why I've been distant, but my hands were tied. Of course, some interview comments hurt my feelings and created more issues for me, but I am used to that and could get past it in time. I also reminded myself that you didn't know what I was going through with Mo at the time. Um, it is frustrating to me as it will be to you. Trust me. I have gone through such a hard time to read. I've been in so much pain. I can't tell you never have I felt so low. And I know you are going through a hard time. Normally I would have reached out to check on you, but I was hurt and very depressed. I've spent 30 years with Mo married 28 and I have no idea how to live without him or how to navigate through life on my own because I have so much on my plate for tomorrow, which is the reunion she's referring mm -hmm. to. And I know you do too. I love you PK and your kids so much, except for Jagger. No, I'm joking. She didn't put that. Um, I've been thinking about you a lot and hoping, uh, I've been thinking about you a lot and hoping, uh, I've been thinking, okay, hoping you aren't struggling too much. I don't want to lose someone else in my life. It, someone else in my life over a TV show. They don't even know we are going through a hard time. So I don't see the need to bring it up there. I should have said something sooner, but I honestly haven't been strong enough, but relationships and you are more important to me than Beverly Hills. And I don't feel like bringing it for the something at our expense, especially when we have enough battles to handle it as is. And then they blacked out something, but relationships and you are more important. Anyway, I would like to sit down and talk after we go through tomorrow, maybe have lunch or dinner when you can, if you want to talk before tomorrow, I am around. I would give anything not to go and have to do this. I don't know how much longer I can do this show. It's so toxic and creates so much anxiety for me. Anyway, let me know if you want to talk. So Kyle sent this the day before the reunion. And this is what uh, Dorit is referring to. And like, Kyle's trying to silence me. Obviously, she's referring to an issue between Dorit and Kyle that was not on the show. And she also referred to, and we didn't read it uh, there, referred to a very uh specific situation that went down with them. So I don't know if that will be brought up. What were your thoughts hearing that? I have known Kyle to be this person. Um, Vanderpump, not personally, obviously Vanderpump or Lisa Vanderpump has said that Kyle produces her show, her storyline, that that's what she does. And that she has, you know, very like calculated her, you know, what she wants to show, what she doesn't show. Well, I 100% truly believe I've had so many followers who have said that they have, you know, had affairs with Mauricio. Oh, um, yeah. For, for like a decade plus now. Yes. But that it that they have an open relationship that just the the one of the boundaries was just not in Beverly Hills. Right. Like when he's traveling, which is why he frequents like when he's in Dallas, there's a specific hotel or Scottsdale or. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Toronto, New York or some of his or Miami is one of his favorites. I have had followers, specifically a guy who said he has had an on and off thing. He's younger with um, Kyle in New York City. 
And so I really believe that they have always had this open relationship. And but when it was on the show, she wanted to portray a certain thing. And anytime, and Lisa had kind of hinted, Brandy had kind of hinted that there were things that we didn't know. You, wait, wait, pause, but Dana, pause one second. Pause, pause one second. Brandy. Okay, remember when Denise Richards was on the show and she came back and she said, Brandy told me she's actually slept with another housewife and you wouldn't believe it. There is speculation that Brandy could, but by the way, I don't know. I don't really trust Brandy that much, but she could have been speculating about Kyle and Mauricio. Yeah, I can see that. Sorry to interrupt you. That was just something that I didn't want to. I just, I like, it has been, you know, hinted at and brought up, but like never brought up to where Kyle has to actually address it. And Kyle's had a lot of things happen that she's never had to address, which is just wild to me. That's one of the problems I have with Beverly Hills is that they don't address a lot of situations. Whereas in New York, Potomac, I mean, Salt Lake City, they get to the nitty gritty. They, they blast everything, mention it all. And then in Beverly Hills, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Well, I think they're so, I mean, you've got somebody that's been there 13 seasons and you've got somebody yeah, that like obviously is going through something very painful. And we do, I do understand it from a kid's standpoint of you have these daughters that you are trying to protect, but it does. But I will say I was frustrated when I saw that trailer for buying Beverly Hills season two with Mauricio and the daughters. And I felt like we got a stronger conversation out of the scene that I watched last week of that about this than I did with Kyle. I've also heard rumors about Mauricio actually being potentially a switch hitter too. Like I've heard a lot. I mean, but I've just heard enough. he should. I mean, if he isn't, I, well, you know, listen, I don't all the gay guys out there. <laughs> wait, so what do you what do you think it what do you think it was? Do you think he accidentally didn't check like a a, a zip code? He's like, I love being. I didn't know she lived in Beverly Hills. She told me it was Covina. She told me I I didn't know. I mean, I heard like weird rumors about Kendra Wilkinson. She was gonna work for him and and that didn't last. And I don't know. I, obviously, Wait, did you did I you hear know. the Morgan Wade Morgan Wade's ex husband works for the agency? Did you see that? No, Morgan look Wade up, was married. Yeah, oh. look up Morgan Wade's ex agency. Everything I know about Morgan is against my will. <laughs> what are you talking about, Dana? I think it should be for your will. I like you. You know, you sound like um, <laughs> like like Morgan. What are you talking about? Like, yes, but also, is it Kermit? Um, the, I was going to say, is it American Dad or um, Family Guy? One of oh. the like, side characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. One but no, it's, I'm just trying to swallow every word I say. <laughs> it's like Don Knotts. Um, anyways, so you're hearing all of these rumors. I'm hearing all these rumors. And I want to tell people these are just rumors. And by the way, when you do keep a united front like Mauricio and Kyle are doing, we'll never know the truth. And that is like the thing. And the conversation I have in my own head is that, you know, there's no law saying that we do deserve to know. Like, there's no, I mean, like, I would like to know. It would be exciting because we're on reality television, but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about uh, people being a reality star for the remainder of their lives. Like, there's no rules on any of this stuff. So we're seeing it in real time because this is still fairly a new industry reality TV over the last three decades. So there is no like rules set in place. Kyle is doing this great job as she usually does of keeping the most interesting things about her under a tight, like, you know, very close to the the vest. But exactly. But it's so funny because even that breaks free because we see how giddy she is around Morgan. So even the audience then is gaslit because you're like, wait a sec. Why are you wondering why we're curious when you're fucking acting like you are you you've never seen 
so, like she's exactly. like a piece of meat. If you want it to be private, why are you playing in our fucking faces? It, don't play yeah, in our uh, face. Yeah, don't you understand why we would think this? If you yes. did a music video, if you did all of this shit, then we're like, oh, we're crazy because we think yes, this? We're yes, horrible yes, people? Yes, that, yes, she's like a toxic boyfriend. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Oh my God. So I sent you that, that screenshot of that tweet or that thread or whatever. Oh yeah. Where they're like, I'm not about this lady gaslight me about this, like showing like the pictures of her, like kissing Morgan and like they're whatever. And she goes, it's the media's fault. What do you mean the media's fault? You're <laughs> playing in our faces. You're taking pictures. You're sitting on her lap. You're showing off tattoos. You're, you know, going to make a documentary. We need Kyle to get in a conversation with Tom Sandoval. I need yeah. Kyle and Tom to complain to each other about what's going on right now. And they're both going to be like, no, no, no. Stop talking about you. Yeah, yeah, let oh, me wait. go. Let me I go. I want to bring this up. I want to bring this up. This is how you know you are like so important to someone that they're your fan. How many times did she bring up and mock Lisa Vanderpump over her party? First of all, you had a Lisa Vanderpump style party. You used her party planner. And then you I mean, there's no well, listen, way. the fact she brought up Lisa Vanderpump three or four times in the finale kind of started to make me livid because I'm like, this is where reality stars, they have such big egos. They don't even realize when they're telling on themselves like this yes. ain't making you look great. Just go have your party and let Lisa be jealous of it. Don't bring right. her name because then it means all the time you're just constantly thinking about her. Right. But all, exactly. Like she's living rent free in her head. But yes, like, you you mean to tell me like, listen. I've lived 34 years. I don't have the money that she has, but you mean to tell me you paid $400,000 for a party and you didn't know it was going to say Kyle on the floor? Because when you, <laughs> you have a $400,000 party, they're over here like, do you want off-white or slightly eggshell white napkins? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like every detail. Do you want like quarter lace trim or eighth lace trim? Like, are you kidding me? You didn't know it was going to say Kyle and it very weirdly looked like Kylie Cosmetics font. Like, I, I, I know. Like, Dude, Dana, I said that in my recap. I said without my glasses, originally when I first saw it, I was like, oh my God, Chris Jenner's going to sue. They're using Kylie's name. And then I was like, Better, oh God, right? yes. Or maybe maybe Chris Jenner like donated it. Maybe it used to be like the floor that was in Kylie Cosmetics before. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But you mean to Can I just me- borrow the letters K-Y-L-E? You can keep the right. I, yeah. So you mean to tell me that like, you paid $400,000. You have this crazy amazing like party planner and so far you know it's going to be on tv and you didn't know it was going to say kyle let's be fucking for real we're not stupid why do they think well, we're stupid is it because we're because poor? i <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's what it is they were poor and so i will tell you they're going to believe anything i say <laughs> But it's not, Dana, it's not even just us, the viewers, she thinks. She thinks her castmates are stupid, too. Like, I want to point out, like, Sutton, whether you love her or hate her, I, I personally love, love her. Listen, I a, love I'm her. Sutton, Sutton I'm a slut. But Blunt the thing is. Who can I be a but, shirt? Glenn for Sutton. Anyway, sorry. For oh, God. No, no, I love it. But the thing is. Sutton's been right this entire time of like, what, what's going on with your jewelry, Kyle? What's going on with this? She's asking the right questions. And like, literally, we see in the 
the when they pick back up the cameras when she's talking to Garcelle of like, well, I don't know what's going on with Mauricio. We're getting this People magazine article. What about this country singer? It's a little bit sus. I hate that Sutton says sus like she's a 12-year-old. She's like, oh, this is a little Delulu. This is I don't Delulu. Know, right? I mean, I mean, she's trying to, I guess, not sound like a slave owner, apparently. <laughs> but, but Sutton's right. Sutton was right to be suspicious. Sutton right. was right. No, I, no. Yeah. And um, there's like a lot of studies that show that people who have Southern accents are perceived to be like less like intelligent and maybe less. Um, I, I can't think of the right word right now, but she's seeing Kyle like to her core. And Kyle's like, mm, mm, like mind your business. Oh, now I'm great. Everything's perfect. Life, my town, this is my town. And then you have son that's like, does anyone see like, Things are not adding yeah, up. Yeah, and Kyle's not, pissed not because Sutton got too close. It's like that those detective mysteries when they're like, "Oh, I would have gotten away with it too <laughs> if it weren't for you, Sutton." Like, right. and it's easier to paint Sutton out as crazy than to actually listen to what she's saying. And that's why I think it's interesting. You have a really interesting divide in the cast right now. And I, you know, Dorit is like prime in there because I'm like, where does Dorit go next season? Because if Kyle and her's relationship's not good, like Erica Jane, I think is hysterical that they Erica Jane after like three. Uh, uh, therapy episodes she was kyle's therapist in that last scene and i thought it was great i did think that scene was actually really good but it is funny because i think they want the viewers to really think that these people are day in day out friends and they are not right. it's the right. you know they are not they are co-workers that really at times really rely on each other through traumatic moments that are brought up on camera but I do not believe in any world that uh Kyle is having Erica Jane come over on a regular basis when the cameras are down no, absolutely not. I mean, I would say probably the closest star is probably Teddy still to this day. Like, the, I think that was their actual <laughs> true best friendship. We call her Freddie here. Freddie Mellencamp. Freddie okay. Mellencamp. Uh, Which, by the way, here's another person. I always say this. Here's another person. Left the show, said they would not, like, be one of those people trying to, like, keep going back to the show. Keep, But, and shout out, Freddie does a really popular, successful podcast, but it is funny. It's another one of those people in the housewives um, uh, e ecosystem that will not get out. Like they've, they've so ingrained themselves in the ecosystem that this, it must be so amazing that this person cannot do anything else besides right. housewife related things. Well, she wasn't really doing anything before and she all in, all in. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> By the way, is all in still going? Is all in still going? Um, I actually looked at her profile very recently because I was trying to find she did show that Dr. Um, Sunder did her uh, lower facelift and neck lift. Um, so I was trying to find that video for somebody. And so I saw it said all in by Teddy it was still in her bio. So that's what I'm basing it off of. But you know, who knows? Um well, I'm going to ask I, her if I can eat, eat a cucumber today. Right. Re remember those text know, messages that she was like, <laughs> I, um, I, I feel like because it wasn't her decision to leave and it, she wasn't on there for a very long time. I mean, she certainly wasn't like a one hit wonder, but I feel like she maybe felt like she was going to be on there longer. She expected to be on there longer, but she just unfortunately did not translate very well on camera. I don't. Which is not I, a sin. I, it's not, it's not a sin. Like you can do other things. This is why the brandy things frustrates me. It's like, there's a time and place for everything, including friendships. There's seasons of friendship, but like Teddy never popped on camera. That doesn't yeah. mean that she's useless as a person. Like, that's why I find right. it so funny is that like some people just don't. 
And that's okay. And by the way, she was always just Kyle's friend. So when she eventually comes back to Beverly Hills, which I think will happen at some point, and probably to get Kyle to come back for season 14, I could see something like that happening because they're going to have to sweeten the pot if they want Kyle to continually share what's going on in her. Because if that Morgan Wade relationship isn't true, then we're going to see single Kyle out on the town doing dates like Sutton at like dark places, you know, like, I mean, so I think there's a world in which Freddie eventually does come back, but it's just going to be one of those people that's a soldier for Kyle. Right. Like to bolster, like basically what we have with, um, whatever, what's her name? I always forget with, um, Tom, the one that was watching him in the cold plunge. What's her name? Oh, Billy Lee, Billy Lee. Billy Lee. I was going to say Joe's like, no, that's Schwartz. I don't know why I can't. Uh, we, we, we met Joe for the first time this week too. Another person yes. that just looks at these men like they could do no wrong in the world, which is, you know, everybody needs that. Uh, God, I only have five more minutes with you, don't I? Damn it. We didn't even get to love is blind. I mean, I Lo- have, I have 30 minutes. I always okay, like just, 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 90 minutes for just you. give me, just tell me when you go. Cause I, I, I we, uh, this is so fun. I, are you having a good minutes. time? I love yeah, this. I've uh, out okay. an hour and a half cause we always okay. go way over. I know, but you guys, if you don't know, she's trying to, uh, she, she was, couldn't almost do this, but she did it for me because she has like a whole thing to go to after this. So I really appreciate it, but this is so fun. I always get so excited talking to you. Um, so, okay. Beverly Hills, uh, we're going to see, we'll see what's up, but there okay. is, uh, okay. Then let's just get to Brandy Glanville really quick. And then love is blind. Brandy Glanville, uh, her lawyers, Mark Garagos and Brian Friedman fired a warning letter off at NBC universal and Bravo this past week. Um, you know, saying that they have ruined Brandy's reputation. Sorry that I'm laughing. Uh, and, uh, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Morocco. This all revolves around Caroline Manzo. We've read those court documents on this show about a month ago. If you right. want to go back and check that out, really harrowing stuff from Caroline's account. Brandy this whole time says, you're affecting my livelihood. Da, 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 da. I had to do OnlyFans because of this, all of this stuff. And then this warning shot, I made a video pointing out these are the same lawyers that Bethany Frankel hired for her reality reckoning. Bethany, of course, went on a TikTok tirade all uh, weekend long. Uh, so she loves this. I mean, we talk about ego, talk about potential narcissism. <laughs> Bethany, this is like where she thrives. Bethany this is, is re- ego. Like next. Oh, this is really, this Bethany. is thrilling. She loves this stuff. I mean, it really thrives in this, this, uh, these circumstances. So Andy Cohen, this was all, there was a video that said Brandy felt so horrible and, you know, really made her in a weird place because Andy Cohen is one of her bosses, sent her a sexual video And it was really like, it didn't include the video, but it made it seem like, oh, this could be anything. It really seemed damning. And Andy Cohen literally came out. I talked about this on Friday's show and said, hey, this is what uh, it was. Kate Chastain was there with me. We were joking. And Brandy's response, you will see that she was joking back with us. Now, I do want to say right at the bat, at this point, Andy Cohen, I think, knows you got to stop that shit. You can't be... You can be friendly, but you can't be that friendly. Even if even if Brandy is the sexual aggressor most of the time does not mean you can do that. I mean, I think that's just right. obvious to everyone, but right. I do not so, think that he should be fired. They're calling for his firing. What do you right. think? Right. So I believe all of that actually happened, but I believe that like the context is what matters. And so what I think is, first of all, Andy has like very much blended his relationship with these women, right? And to the point where sometimes we don't even have effective like reunions because he's more of like the friend yeah. Yeah. than he is yes. like the partial like mediator, right? And you know, they, they went to his baby showers or like getting naked and dancing or whatever. They celebrated they him like he like, was yeah, the like, king. Yeah. Yes, like they, there's a lot of overlap. And then so what I this is what I believe in also I, you know, I haven't seen the video. 
what I think was is that there's a lot of these like blurred lines in like boundaries, friendship, job, work, boss, employee, you know, like blended everywhere. And they all in general make these jokes that cross, that would cross a boundary in every day, like with your boss or, you know, your friend or whatever. And so these things happened, but she was joking that way to Carolyn Manzo, who did not, she, she has stronger boundaries and doesn't like make those jokes and make those, you know, like that blurring of lines. And so when she said, Brandy did these things to me and it was not okay. Brandy was probably like, what? We do that all the time. This is what yeah. we do at Bravo. That, that's, that's my bit. That's my whole, that's my catchphrase. Yeah, like but in Andy sexual, does it, yeah, 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 yeah. Does it. We do splits on tables. We take off tops. We, you know, throw things, you know, like I feel like she felt like she didn't understand that what she did crossed her boundary. So then she was like, well, you know what? People cross that boundary to me. And I think that's what happened, honestly. Well, I also, I mean, my personal theory is that I think Bethany Frankel obviously reached out, said you can use these lawyers. And by the way, Mark Garagos, an insanely um, uh, pitbullish kind of lawyer, represented Scott Peterson in the past, represented a lot, you know, like really. But it was interesting. So Andy apologized immediately and, uh, you know, apologized. But then uh, the next day, Brian Friedman, one of Brandy's attorneys, Literally was like, no, fuck that. Any boss who is clearly inebriated, encouraging their employee by FaceTime video to watch their boss have sex with another employee constitutes sexual harassment, plain and simple, under any definition, even one concocted by NBC. Why is Andy Cohen getting a pass? Any other supervisor at Comcast NBC who engaged in this behavior would be fired immediately on the spot. Now, this is what they put out immediately said, hey, it's not good enough that you apologize. It's now we're going to put it out. And this is something, the other thing that the first letter did, they brought up Matt Lauer. Bethany Frankel keeps bringing up Matt Lauer. But I want people to say, like when somebody brings something up, that is a very specific thing to be put in your mind. But I want everybody to then go back and look at the Matt Lauer case. It is completely different. I think there is a world in which it's almost like Tom Sandoval comparing things to George Floyd. These are, you know, by the way. um, Or or it doesn't even have to be that serious. It's Tom Sandoval comparing it to... um, James Kennedy having sex in his yeah. bed. Like, those are yeah. two very no, that, that's way better, Dana. That's, that's a way a better comparison than right? what I did. It's like yeah. it, on paper, it may seem like the same thing, but it is not the same thing at all. No, but they want, but they want us to be enraged. They want us to not look into it any further. And I, I guys, right. I know I run a, I, what a public opinion matters. Right. And I, I do want to make you aware that I am aware that I'm a guy that I do not speak for women. What women have to go through is so much different and so much scarier on a daily basis in terms of harassment. So I don't want to take away that. Like, I don't want to, I, 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 but I, I do want to say, what, what, I, I do want to say that, come on, like, yeah, I know it was very inappropriate and he shouldn't do that. And at least like moving forward, he needs, he needs to oh, have way 100%. more defined boundaries as the boss or he needs to step away. If he wants and, to Andy, have, change like, your number. Left. Do not let these people text you. Like I, I remember I watched, I was at watch what happens live and he does this little Q and a at the, the beginning. It was a Monday. And I said, Hey, who, who, who housewives related were you texting with this weekend? And he said, Ramona. 
And he wasn't like he was excited about it. He was like Ramona. And then he was surprised. He said Kelly Dodd. And I was like, oh, my God, how do these people still have your fucking number? Change your number. I didn't say that, but I was like, how, you know, you you, you can't be like, I know it's exciting because these are fun women. These are fun. Like Jax Taylor is so fun, but you can't have these kind of relationships. But also Andy is not. I want to point out, Andy is not the head of Bravo as much as everybody thinks he is. Right. Like he is a figurehead. He is an executive producer on some shows and he used to have much more of a hand in everything Bravo. But as his uh, visibility raised, the Watch What Happens Live, one of his main gigs, and he does participate, but not at the level that they're trying to paint him out as participating in these letters. And it's very, well, to I me, agree. Bethany Frankel coded. No, I agree. And I also feel like that... Um that shows in the reunions, like when you see earlier reunions, how much more investment he has versus now it's like, this is my friend. So I'm not going to ask her the hard questions. This one, you know, she gets on my nerves. I'm going to, you know, yeah. and, he, and he has, you know, all the interns that have written up the questions, you know, I don't know. It's just different. But also he doesn't I, like Jennifer I mean. Aiden. He doesn't like Jennifer Aiden from Jersey. It's obvious. He it's keeps Jennifer so, Aiden. Yeah. But, that's, but I'm saying like, he, she's not fired because he doesn't like her. Like, oh, it's, exactly. not yeah, 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 it's not that yeah, insane. It's not that insane. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, you could, you can tell that it has blended into like a personal relationship. On like, it, yes, it, and, well, that, and Kyle, that is the problem. Kyle, right? He's very close with Kyle, right? Exactly, which is why she doesn't get the hard questions. He, it's going to be interesting go. the reunion to watch that. Yeah, we'll see. But I mean, I don't know. I he admitted like he was like what I did was wrong. Like you know, like you know, 2020 hindsight. You know that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. It's inappropriate. And moving forward, he should define those boundaries and not do that any further. But I do think that <clears throat> it isn't what it's being made out to be. And I feel like it's reactionary from Brandy because of how much shit she's gotten because of what she did, because she didn't realize she's crossing boundaries. Like she's just so sometimes well, like, because like, why know, do they keep passing me on this show? But like, this is what as an audience guys, we like, think about it. We've all, and I don't want to hurt Brandy Glanville's feelings, but she is like, it's like DJ James Kennedy. If at no point you're going to realize alcohol is very bad for you, it is. I mean, I'll go on her Twitter at night when she's like drunk tweeting, which, by the way, she's scrubbed a lot of that shit since the, the suit. She'll always misspell shit. She'll always and I'll be like, oh, Brandy's drinking wine right now. Like and it's never like a joke. Like, but I'm like, I, I just have that thought in my head. Like, oh, she's fucked up right now. Like right. and we've seen that behavior again and again. And if you're not going to take any personal responsibility for your own behavior, that to me is where like. I start to get a little cloudy and also the dependency. She even said, listen, you're affecting my livelihood. So this is a desperate move by a potential desperate person. And I Who think is being, who's also being used by Bethany. Like, I think Bethany is like collecting, you know, her little, Oh yeah. Little she's like, minions, but at the end of the day, this is my Bethany thing. I just don't, I don't, I don't like that she's the head of this thing because it strikes me as somebody that's not wanting to actually change the industry for better. It strikes me as somebody that wants to be Andy Cohen, exactly. that wants to be Andy Cohen and thought, this is bullshit. I'm getting railroaded. My shows aren't getting picked up. Where do I go from here? I want to be an influencer. I want to be this, that, this, and the other. And that to me, I'm still, you know, this has been going on since before July, I think. And I still do not have a list of actual demands of the reality reckoning. There's a, right. a UCAN foundation that Nick Thompson from Love is Blind started. I had him on the show months ago that actually had a real plan in place in terms of mental health care, in terms of what they were asking for. You right. know, and I thought this is actually something I can totally get behind. The Bethany thing seems more just about taking one person down. Right. It's that she feels she didn't get what she was owed, even though she is probably 
arguably given the most of anything from Bravo. Maybe the only other person would be like Lisa Vanderpump and all of her shows and stuff, but her stuff has, you know, been able to take hold. I think she thinks she deserves more than what she's had, more opportunities than she's had, more chances than she's had. And now that it's kind of dried up, she's like, uh-uh. Yeah, I'm no. darling. I created this. I helped create this. <laughs> I am Bravo. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I, at the end of the day, you're not going to get me to feel bad for corporations um, because they're all, and, and I tried to explain this to the audience on Friday. I said, Hey, you know, lean in you guys, you're going to be blown away by this corporations. I just found out they're just trying to make money. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, guys, big yeah. reveal. They want to just make money. They don't give off fuck who you are, right. what you are. They care about that bottom line. And reality shows are cheap to produce. They, when something like Scandal hits, man, they rake it in. But does that mean that contracts should be null and void? Like, does that mean that like, I mean, that, what does that mean? Like they, companies aren't in the corporations, aren't in the process of like, let's share the wealth. Like, you know, right. like that's just right. not going to be like, which is something that like, I mean, me, I will say like, I am a like, you know, socialist Democrat or whatever, democratic socialist, whatever it's called. Like, I think that there should be like companies that are, you know, reinvesting in their, Dana, of course. I feel the same money. way. Yes. yes. But that's not what Bethany's doing. Bethany who already has a shit ton of money wants more money, but also fame. And that's what attracted her to and kept her in Bravo for so long was the fame, the attention. So it's like, more money, but fame. She has so much money and she could probably just invest her money and make so much more, but it's not about money for her. It's about attention. And yeah. this is giving her attention. Even if the yeah, never even bad, even bad attention is good We're attention to Bethany about her now. And she loves it. Right. She no, exactly. It. Like, Bethany, shout out to Bethany. I hope this uh, perks you up today. But it, it is just very interesting because I also think she sees people like Andy Cohen, which a lot of people, you know, like online, which, by the way, we all got to get off on uh, offline. It's just like we're all just going to hate each other in two years, like completely hate each other. It's going to be a civil war online. Um, but Speak I think at the end of the day, well, I think at the end of the <laughs> I think at the end of the day, she just doesn't like that Andy Cohen is liked by masses, you know, that like, you know, this man has not had to do half the things she feels she has had to do. So it becomes like more of a personal vendetta than actually taking care of these reality stars. And that's the thing. Right. No, I agree. While getting attention, while like, you know, getting to like, say she has a cause. I, what's so funny though, is that Bethany left Bravo and Bravo shows in general, I think with people liking her in general, you know, there's always going to be people who don't like, and there's people who don't like Andy, but she made herself so unlikable, like having a whole podcast trashing housewives while saying she's above it. And I always think about um, when Aviva was talking about like why she was only on, you know, New York for one or two seasons. I can't remember two seasons, maybe. And how it was very rough for her, like her mental health decline, and it was just very toxic for her. And she was she was not bad mouthing Bravo. She was saying, "I realize I am not meant for this life. This was not a good job for me. I'm not the type of person that this like flourishes in this environment." And Bethany goes on Twitter. I don't know how many years this was, like five six years ago, and was like, "You are, you know, <laughs> you're fighting the hand feeds, basically, like." And I'm like. Bethany, she didn't even bad mouth Bravo. She said, this isn't me. I'm not good at this. I just hoping, I'm just hoping somebody made Brandy think this really through long term because 
Like how much money could you actually get out of Bravo where you now have completely hosed any career on TV you will ever have? Because not just NBC Universal, but I wouldn't work with her from any production company at this point, because I know at the end of the day, she can't handle it. And I know that's uh, it's a very cold statement, but I'm thinking as an employer, I would look at this lawsuit and I would go, Okay, so it was great for the last, uh, you know, like because they did keep using her. They just didn't use her as much. And I think it's interesting. I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens from this. Like traders or villains. She was on traders first season. She did. They even brought her on. Right. And she, you know, she could continue to do those things. But now she's going to blacklist herself, essentially. Yeah. Um, Okay. so. Oh God, exhausting. I want to end on something that I truly love. And that is this season of love is blind on Netflix. Are you loving it as much as I am? Yes. I told myself that I was done. I have this love hate relationship with love is blind where I'm like, why am I watching this? I'm always disappointed. Last season was in Houston. And first of all, they did us so dirty. I don't know where they got these people. Like don't even get me started on the Houston season. So this season I was like, nope, not doing it, not doing it. And then I saw the memes, I saw the recaps, and I was like, fine, and holy shit. It's great. It's great. We are nine episodes in. They released three this past Wednesday. They're going to release the final two this Wednesday, and then there's going to be a reunion, uh, I believe, on the the next week, I believe, which is great. But for some reason, this season just works. It just works, and it's awesome. Yes. I mean, are we good to have, like, um, you know, to talk about it, like what is it yeah. called? Okay. Um, like Ken, yeah. <laughs> like Brittany Kenneth, and Kenneth. That that breakup, I I was rooting for you. I, rooting I, were, I really you. thought they were like they were such good communicators, but then he came back. He got on his phone. He's a uh, the a principal, principal, you guys. Yeah. And this guy was eating his food, couldn't get off his phone. They end up breaking up. He doesn't even seem like he cares at all i mean it's the weirdest conversation not feeling it he's like i i'm just not really emotionally or physically or whatever feeling it i was like what okay you don't look enough like a dolphin to me for me to get excited she even talks about like listen i know we're for god i know we're saving ourselves for marriage but like i'm trying to like mac and you're not really even the desire doesn't even seem to be there and he doesn't he's not even arguing. he's just like well of course i don't want you to feel that way and I know God has my back and he has your back and whatever's going to be is going to be. And it's very like just one note. And it really weirded me out after watching the first eight episodes with them. Right. Where he was so attentive. He's like, I love with you. Here's our future. He's like, you know, like to the point where all the other girls are like, Oh my God, he's so attentive. He's so sweet. He really cares about you. He's like, I do care about you. I think about your needs. And then suddenly he's like, yeah. Cool. Hey, this has been fun. Well, I do want to say also the funny thing is like, this is like day 13 too. So it's like, yeah, less than like, I love the fact that, I mean, that's the kind of magic of this show is that we really buy into how somebody could like possibly go this deeply in love because they're trapped in pods. And I don't buy it. I'm always like, oh, that's so cringe. How are you gonna say I love you? It's day seven. Was like people going on The Bachelor and going, no, I, I think my husband's in this room tonight. Like, you know, like, what are you talking about? Like, come on. Like, there's no way. But they really do a good job of making you believe the premise. But right. then you kind of like with that couple in particular, I was kind of bummed because I thought, oh, they're actually they're they they seem sane. Right. And the only other couple left is like the um 
the Latina girl with the redheaded guy. I was like, I guess that's who all my eggs are in that basket because everyone else are cheating well, on each other. Well, the big one at the end of this week's uh, episode nine was Laura and uh, I'm trying to find his Jeremy. name. Right. La- Jeremy. Yeah, Laura and Jer- J- J-E-R-A-M-E-Y. Jamai. Um, Jeremy, North Carolina. <laughs> she went and uh, like so he like I love that there's like a love is blind ecosystem with he's like hey some other contestants they were out drinking and I was gonna go and then they said Taylor Ann was gonna be there and I said I, I almost turned around but then I was like no I'm not gonna let her dictate my life so I went there and it seems like she has a lot of problems so I I needed to talk with her and he was like she was like you were out until five in the morning and he was like right. I gave you my location but he's like your location was at Taylor Ann's house you dipshit. Cause he was saying he was in this uh, alley or parking I'm lot not. at this bar lost and found. Right. And I love, I love the TikTokers that actually went to lost and found and said, this is what he was saying. I also heard a rumor that he put his phone in his car. He left his phone in his car. So his location would say lost and found, but he had his Apple watch on and that was Ooh, at Taylor Ann's. And so the location still, I don't know if that's true or not, but like she, and by the way, I don't think they were a good couple anyway, so I don't care, but she nailed him at the end of the episode. What do you think happened? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think he definitely did something with Sarah Ann for sure. But what was really funny oh, sorry, is Sarah Ann, yes. when, when he said, um, I shared my location, she was like, it was in the middle of the night. What did you think I was going to do? Like sit on my phone and watch you? She was yeah. like, <laughs> and then he was like, we're in the parking lot. We're in the parking lot. She was like, where are you? Because I looked at it and you were all the way in the North end. And that's what and then he was like, was I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this right now. I don't want to talk like, about this. I know. Wild. Um, but oh, the girls are like, they're giving it. So Laura, and then um, Jess, when she just like, she read um, Jimmy for filth. And she's just like, you're going to need an EpiPen when you, you're going to be choking when you fucking well, see me. Th- this guys, this is the one that uh, Jess was the one he didn't choose. Uh, he chose the, uh, the other girl who said she looked like Megan Fox, who seems right. like really nice. But obviously this is another relationship that seems like it just does not work. It's not going to work. But in the trailer yeah. for the new episodes, She's like, you slept with him? Like, so Jessica, we see in an episode this week where she says she still does have feelings for Jimmy and Jimmy friend requested her, all of this stuff. But guys, they've known each other for two fucking weeks. Like, I do understand that this is a microcosm of how men uh, are with women, but it is interesting that, I mean, I, I love it to death. I mean, what do you think of the Jimmy relationship with, why am I blanking on her name? The one that thinks she looks uh, like Megan Fox. Chelsea, Chelsea. Ch- yeah, J- what do you think yeah. about Jimmy and Chelsea? Um, first of all, so one of my followers said he looks like a real life, um, Thumb. <laughs> the, the guy, um, Bobby Hill from, uh, <laughs> King of the Hill. Yes. King of the Hill. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I can't see it. Like, I mean, <laughs> they're not wrong. That's what yeah. one of my followers said. So I'm like, first of all, these two girls are like fighting over this guy. But, um, I saw this thread by the psychiatrist or psychologist, or someone up there, someone who deals with this stuff. And I cannot find it anymore. So if anyone can send this to me, I have scoured the internet, cannot find it. Maybe she's deleted it. She was like, okay, from my perspective, Chelsea and Trevor are the better match. And she actually likes Trevor better. But Chelsea has some deep, like rooted self-esteem issues where she wants to be picked over another girl. So when she finds out that Jimmy is in between two girls versus Trevor, who is, and she knows what Jessica looks like. So she's like, wow, you would choose me over Jessica picked over the 
you know, arguably more conventionally attractive girl, the thinner girl, she wants to be chosen over, you know, the girl who maybe looks a little bit more like a Megan Fox type. Like, let's be real. Um, she wants to be chosen. Are you joking? You need enough pizza so you can open your throat. Like, <laughs> sorry, just struck me as really funny. Cho, I, I literally Cho. Thank you. But uh, yeah, the the therapist or whatever she is, she was saying she actually had a better connection with Trevor. But being picked by Trevor, where she's not winning over someone else, didn't satisfy her insecurity or her self esteem issues like being picked over someone else. And that's why she made the wrong decision for herself. And now we all get to get enjoyment out of it, but they all have to pay for it. Well, let me also put out the theory of like, maybe we shouldn't be committing ourselves to people that we met like for seven days in a pod, you know? Right. And also the fact it like, it defeats the purpose of being like, I've been told I look like Megan Fox on a show that's called Love is Blind. And I was like, all that Love is Blind has taught me is that love is not blind. And maybe love is stupid. I don't know. <laughs> I kept thinking when, like, I would tell somebody, like, what I looked like. And I would be like, uh, like, Screech from Saved by the Bell. Like, I like I was like, because I would try to even go as low as possible just so there was no expectations at all. I would just be like, oh, like a big piece of shit. I don't know. Like, who would you tell people you look like? Well, maybe like a discount, like Kourtney Kardashian. <laughs> A Costco version of Courtney. Interesting. <laughs> but, Trying to think um, about that. AD, I think, handled it the right way because AD, she's the girl All day! All day! Stuck, stuck, stuck. She's so stuck. The, the number of times Jimmy called AD stocked, I was like, I have the ick now. Like, you need to stop commenting on her body. It's disrespectful at this point. But um, Clay asked her like he was like you know looks do model like, i like lips and ass or whatever what do you look like and she's just like no that defeats the purpose of this experiment i'm not going to do yeah, it I'm not exactly you. like then you need to find someone else she did it the right way i love AD. i like her uh jimmy also to like chelsea is like you know you, we've been having sex and he's like yeah i mean he kind of is like yeah we got to chill you on that too to. yeah he's like uh you know i've been attentive like it's so funny that he's just like i'm trying to do the right things but i just i can't i also like two rumors as we wind up here is that jeremy uh somebody posted in a facebook group uh was with this uh was engaged and had a you know potential stepson like this lady had a son oh, yeah. from another relationship uh jeremy went online and made a video going guys this was, I did not apply for like, I was two weeks out of this relationship when I applied to be on the show. They reached out to me. I did not reach out to them and said, everybody in those pods knew about that relationship. They did not show that in their edit. So he's yeah. saying everybody knew. So I, I do think context is always key. It doesn't mean he's a great guy, but he is saying like this, like we did talk about it. It's edited down. These people did know about that relationship. And then the other guy, Trevor, the big bodybuilder guy, he was also in a relationship before he went on the show, they're saying, because everybody thought, oh, Trevor, he's perfect. He would love Chelsea backwards and forwards. He seems like such a great guy. They were also saying he was in a relationship when he first applied to be on the show. But I don't know. I just feel like anybody can say anything these days. I just don't even know what to believe anymore. You know? Right. Yeah, it makes me think, like, I feel like I saw this tweet way back when, and it's like, stop asking guys if they have a girlfriend, ask them if there's a girl out there who would believe that they're his girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> oh, did you see that TikTok that, like, she was, like, acting like she was with somebody on Love is Blind? 
And then it got, she was like, um, I watched Love is Blind. Turns out my boyfriend uh, is on Love is Blind. And it went viral. And then it turns out she was just making up the whole thing. And she was kind of hinting that it was Jimmy. And Jimmy was like, dude, I have never met this girl in my life. And it got taken down the video, but it had like re- received like a like 13 million views or something. It was like insane. And I just, I wish we can stay like kind of steer away from making up completely false narratives and then putting it right. under the branch of humor. Like, I don't think it's funny if most of the people believe it, you know? Right. Right. Like at least put it somewhere where people understand, because if you, if you, it's not clear that it's a joke, like, come on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I agree. I agree. Uh, so uh, I think it's a, uh, I can't wait for the next two episodes. I wish it was a longer season because I just really like all of these people. I really do. I'm excited to see where this ends. Yeah. In a train wreck. I cannot wait. And Charlotte is not that big. So, I mean, I don't know how that, that little town's going to handle it. And now it's going to like, disrupt Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, you know, I am now going to advocate that love is blind is always should be in like one of these medium small cities from now on, like no more Chicago, Atlanta, Houston. Don't yeah. More. I like that. Like, I don't know. Some, whatever the city is in Wisconsin. I don't know. Madison. Mad- Madison. Like something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Let's that's a good a idea. Madison, Wisconsin episode <laughs> or something. Um, well, Dana, you did it again. Uh, listen, I, I rem- reminded how much fun I have every time I talk to you. Uh, it just really, you make this so easy for me. Where can people find you? What do we need to be looking out for? How do we support? Just follow me on Instagram at IG famous by Dana. I'm very simple, yeah. simple girl, simple taste. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's got a great account. We all know it. Uh, and, and I'm just, I'm just so thrilled that you're here. So thank you. So, and we didn't even get to half the things I wanted to talk about because I get so excited talking to you. So have a great rest of your day. I will talk to you very soon. And uh, man, maybe you need to come back on to recap the finale of Love is Blonde. I don't know. We'll see. I would love Um, to. (laughs) Okay. We'll see you next time. I love Dana Omari. I hope you did too. Uh, before we go today, I wanted to talk about the two-part docu-series on Lifetime that I watched this weekend called Where is Wendy Williams? I've talked about this a couple of times since I saw the trailer for this this past month, and I just am aghast at what they let air. And it kind of forced her guardian, who ha- is... Shrouded in secrets, we secrecy. We don't know who the Guardian is. And through this docuseries, it does give us information about Wendy. But the fact that even the family knew, you know, they thought it was some form of dementia that uh, was caused by her alcoholism. And I'm not saying alcohol does not play a part in, you know, what is going on with Wendy Williams. And if you followed Wendy Williams, you know that she has had her struggles with alcohol repeatedly. But this person is, to me, an icon in terms of pop culture. She was a trusted name in terms of all of this stuff that we talk about. If Wendy Williams talked about it, I mean, you know, people, she was a part of people's daily lives. And then to see her in this state, for her to be filmed in this state. Now, I, I looked on IMDb, the International Movie Database. Shout out to Heather Dubrow. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but to see who the producers were on this. And Wendy Williams is a producer on this docuseries, as well as her son, Kevin. As well as her manager, who started off as a jeweler. I think still is a jewelry jeweler, Will Selby. He's a producer on this as well. And I just don't know how this came to be. Now, of course, Wendy Williams has a... Uh, 
obviously a working relationship with Lifetime Network. Remember in 2020 when they did the Wendy Williams documentary, which she participated in, as well as the Wendy Williams uh, movie. They, they cast somebody as Wendy Williams. I watched both of those. And, you know, Wendy obviously has always had her struggles, but watching this, you realize how bad it has become. Uh, now the Wendy Williams show is not the Wendy Williams show anymore. It's the Sherry Shepard show and, 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 you know, kind of took that slot and, and through the course of these four hours or four and a half hours, you see Wendy Williams consistently going, I'm going to be back on television. I want to be back on TV. But of course, the moment you see her in this docu-series, you know, she should not be anywhere near a camera. And that's, what's so frustrating is that these people, even if Wendy said yes, how would you ever think that she was in a place where this would be good? And yes, there is something brave in showing somebody's personal struggles, but only if they are aware of what they're going through. Now, it forced the Guardian to, the, the, you know, Wendy's Guardian to release a statement this weekend about what Wendy Williams is actually going through. And it turns out she is diagnosed with asphasia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but if it sounds familiar, it should because that is what Bruce Willis is dealing with right now. It's a deadly, uh, a dead, it's just really, really horrible. But this is uh, what happened. Uh, I guess this was actually Thursday. Wendy Williams, 59, has been diagnosed with progressive, F sorry, aphasia, aphasia, A-P-H-A-S-I-A, -A and frontotemporal dementia. Um, and that is just a really hard thing to have to deal with. This is the statement her team released on behalf of Wendy Williams, Hunt, Wendy Williams Hunter. Her care team is sharing this very personal update with her cherished fans, friends, and supporters to correct inaccurate and hurtful rumors about her health. Um, as Wendy's fans are aware in the past, she has been open with the public about her medical struggles with Graves disease and lymphedema, as well as other significant challenges related to her health. Over the past few years, questions have been raised at times about Wendy's ability to process information, and many have speculated about Wendy's condition, particularly when she began to, when she began to lose words, act erratically at times, and have difficulty understanding financial transactions. And remember, this is probably what triggered the kind of financial conservatorship that she was placed under uh the docuseries points out she was living in miami with her family and then had to come back to deal with wells fargo because they put a lock on her accounts um in 2023, after undergoing a battery of medical tests, Wendy was officially diagnosed with primary progressive aphasia and front frontotemporal dementia, FTD. They have already presented significant hurdles in Wendy's life. Hmm. Wendy would not have received confirmation of these diagnoses were it not for the diligence of her current care team, who she chose, and the extraordinary work of the specialists at Well Cornell Medicine. Receiving a diagnosis has enabled Wendy to receive the medical care she requires. The decision to share the news was difficult and made after careful consideration not only to advocate for understanding and compassion for Wendy, but to raise awareness about aphasia and frontotemporal dementia and support the thousands of others facing similar circumstances. Unfortunately, many individuals diagnosed with aphasia and frontotemporal dementia face stigma and misunderstanding, particularly when they begin to exhibit behavioral changes but have not yet received a diagnosis. 
There is hope that with early detection and far more empathy, the stigma associated with dementia will be eliminated and those affected will receive the understanding, support and care they deserve and need. Williams care team noted that she is still able to do many things for herself and that she maintains her trademark sense of humor while receiving the care she requires to make sure she is protected and that her needs are addressed. She is appreciative of the many kind thoughts and good wishes being sent her way, read the statement. That's amazing that she finally in 2023 got this diagnosis. But the fact that in 2024, this two-part docuseries was released without some kind of Chiron at the very beginning before the airing saying, this is what Wendy is dealing with and this is what you are seeing. This documentary makes her out to be like, it makes her out to be crazy at times. It makes her out to be an alcoholic at times. Like, if you had this information, the fact that you let this air, that you made somebody look like this when you did not have to, I'm not, I'm, I don't give a shit who signed the contract and who was getting paid. The main concern should be Wendy Williams and to protect the legacy that she has. And there were many beautiful, touching scenes, but there was also a lot of really scary scenes in this. A lot of scenes that I know Wendy Williams would not have wanted people to, to see. I mean, she has a meeting with Black China in this at the beginning of the second episode, which actually was quite beautiful, but it was so sad. It was like, it just, it was so sad. You know, she goes to Miami to, you know, just visit quickly with her son and her son, uh, her son and her nephew and her niece and her dad. And it's, you know, you can see something is going on. She forgets things. She keeps saying she's going back on TV the next week when she has no TV deal in place. And I got to tell you, these people around her, this manager, Will Selby, I know he was probably thinking he was doing the right thing, but he had no experience in management. The fact that he was in control of an actual, an actual icon like Wendy Williams is ridiculous. And then she has this uh, PR person, this publicist named Sean Zanotti. This Sean Zanotti, Sean Zanotti takes her to Los Angeles without telling anybody, sets her up with a meeting at, uh, at, at NBC Universal, I believe. And in Wendy's state, that should have never happened. It's like Tom Sandoval doing a New York Times interview. If you are not ready to do it, you don't put your client in, in a meeting like that that like just shows where she's at and it's not good. You do not do that. This person was letting her drink. This Sean Zanotti, I was enraged watching her. And I know everybody has bad days. I know life is tough, but this Sean Zanotti, I was livid. And it really was, oh, it's like, oh my God, she does have the wrong people around her. And that's what was so confusing saying, if you have a guardian, how the fuck are these like hanger-ons hanging out with you? How is the family not able to be with you? Or what do we don't know about the family? Was the family messing with her money? There were so many questions. But aphasia is what Bruce Willis uh, is, you know, dealing with as well. And it's a real horrible, horrible disease, which takes away your ability to comprehend you're, you know, you're unable to comprehend or unable to formulate language because of damage to specific brain region regions. Now, the major causes are stroke and head drama, um, but, it, you know, it can be caused by many different things, but they lose the ability to communicate and understand. 
Bruce Willis is not able to talk anymore. And that's what just pisses me off. I said it earlier, but like, they, you know, Bruce Willis's his family, his team would not let a documentary about Bruce Willis out right now unless Bruce Willis could understand what he was participating in. And I just hate that because of money, because of stupid bullshit, stupid consumer bullshit corporation stuff. And like, listen, I like many things on Lifetime, but this was very frustrating because you knew it's probably going to get huge ratings. I watched both nights, but it was just frustrating. And I know Wendy Williams fans out there understand after reading this diagnosis um, and, and hearing more about it, what she was obviously going through. But it's the same thing I rail against all the time. It's like if you put out something, people are going to take away the easiest solution. Oh, this person's just crazy and a drug addict. Instead of actually trying to understand what this person is going through. And half the time, they don't even like find out. So they just watch something where they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to write this person off as this or this. And not even reading the statement of what she was actually going through. That's why I wish it was attached to the beginning and the end of each episode of this docu-series. Just to let people know this is what's going on. It looks this way. It looks wild. But this is why. And I don't know. I just... And I think I'm just pissed because it just like, you know, there were certain elements in those last couple of weeks with my mom where it was like the memory was completely going. The anger was there, you know, because I can only imagine what her mind was going through as the body is starting to shut down. And there was just a lot of things. It reminded me of certain aspects of the Wendy Williams stuff. And a lot of you guys know what I'm talking about in terms of that. And it's just, you know, there's a certain dignity you want to give to somebody that is going through something, and that does not include putting them on TV. You know, at the end, like, I, I wouldn't take, you know, I would take a picture of my mom from the back, but I would not post it unless she would approve it because I didn't want, you know, like, it was very specific. And those last, I don't know, it just was very frustrating. And I just kept thinking, man, like, what? We're all going to go through something like this, you know, like dementia or uh, Alzheimer's or cancer or this. And it's like, we've got to protect each other. And like, what if, what if, what if our families aren't around to protect us? And, and, and this is what Wendy gets after this life of working hard, becoming a celebrity, which she always wanted to do. Um, and I, I was just very frustrated with it. Did you guys watch it? Do you, do you feel the same way? Also, I find it interesting, and this is like really shitty as well, and it kind of brings up Randall Emmett. Because Randall Emmett, if you remember, in that Los Angeles Times article about him a couple of years ago by Amy Kinnaman, um, which I, I thought was fabulous, I believe it was mentioned in there, but like he was one of the people that was employing Bruce Willis. Uh, King of the Geezer teasers. So you'd pl put Bruce Willis in these really shitty movies, but he would be able to pay Bruce Willis a couple million dollars for just like three or four days of work. Really, you know, but there was, I believe in part of the article in regards to Bruce Willis was that Bruce Willis on the last movie, I believe it was with Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. He couldn't remember his lines. So he had very few lines of dialogue in the movie because they didn't know what was going on. And they just said, okay, we'll just have him run in. And he was like, screwing up things right and left. And there was word on the street that Randall knew what Bruce's diagnosis was, but was still allowing him to do things because he was trying to sell a movie with Bruce Willis. And that was really shitty as well. And I think it's hard to have some sort of dignity uh, at the end of the day in Hollywood of all places, you know, especially Hollywood. 
And I think it just makes me really, really sad. But there were so many moments. Like I said, it it was well done, the docu-series. I just want to know how much she was paid. Where did that money go? I just saw that her manager was a producer on that and her son was. So how does that money get divvied up? Those are the things that I was worried about. And I just think at the end of the day, when you are somebody's cash cow, how that affects people around you. There are so many yes people. There are so many yes men, so many ass kissers, so many people just trying to use somebody else to get a leg up in life. And it is very, very frustrating. And I think sometimes that's what we got to stand up and speak out about. I mean, there's so many things to speak out about. But in terms of this, we got to protect people that gave us joy, that brought us joy, made us laugh, things like that. Um, so my thing is, if you if you, if you're you know, don't watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like watch it if you are a hardcore Wendy fan, but even then you're going to be upset. You're going to cry, you know? And I think maybe read a review, maybe watch some scenes, but like try to remember Wendy the way she would want to be remembered. I mean, she didn't even like get the color right on her iconic chair that she used to sit on at the Wendy Williams show. I mean, just the memory was was gone. And then to, you know, they had scenes with her where the manager was finding alcohol bottles hidden all around and just like the dignity being stripped away from that. Um, there was like a mix of like the movie Sunset Boulevard mixed with Grey Gardens, mixed with like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, mixed with, I mean, it was just, it was just very sad to watch. But the thing is like, that's the trick, right? Like, I'm going to watch it. It involves somebody I love. And I, I think I'm just upset that it even got put out there in the first place. It's not something that the audience should even be in the driver's seat of choosing that to watch, if that makes sense. Uh, sorry to be so angry at the end of the show. I just wanted to talk about it and kind of vent about it because it really, really bothered me. And I just, it's such a scary diagnosis to receive and you want everybody to be treated with some form of respect and dignity in terms of their, their health care. And it just seemed it was a mess. Hopefully it says with that statement, she has the right team of people, but she certainly does not have the right team of people when you watch this docuseries around her. She certainly does not. And my mom always told me, you know, she was seeing like, oh God, what was it, like six different doctors at one point? And the thing is, she always said, you got to be your best advocate in terms of your healthcare. She always drilled that into me. And she had this huge ledger and she would write down everything. She would write, down, I mean, like, and the thing was she would spend, I mean, she was retired. So she, her full-time job was her own healthcare. She was calling this doctor and this doctor wouldn't uh, get the message from the other doctor. And I was like, God, there seems like there's gotta be a easier way to do this than what is actually going on. It was really frightening because she was seeing really good doctors. I mean, the Mayo Clinic was involved for the love of God. And that was eye-opening, was like, holy shit. And my mom, like, I'm not good at that stuff. My mom was always good at that stuff. I'm not. And so I saw that and I was like, what? And then, you know, as we got near the end of the lot, you know, when she was getting upset very easily and all that, you know, because I was, she was very, she was in control. And you saw that a little bit in the Wendy Williams docuseries that, you know, if, if, if we tried to take over, if we tried to help, she was very, no, I've got, I got, I know it. I know it. I, you know, she would be very adamant or I'd be like, Hey, why can't I record it on my Apple phone on the Apple notes? 
I said, you know, no, I write it down. And I was like, but the thing was, her mind wasn't working as well as it once was. So it was like, no, we've got to make sure we're covered. And it's hard, right? Because when you're dealing with somebody that is uh, so dignified in certain ways and such a powerhouse, and they've always been, that they don't think they're missing steps. So it's weird when you start to have to handle your family with these kind of kid gloves to be like, I know you are the best, you know, and I don't look down on you because there might be a mistake here. You know, you can't even say anything like that, uh, you know, but you also realize they're going through something. And so that was, uh, you know, cause you would see Wendy getting angry in this docu-series when somebody would question her because she knows I'm in control and she just obviously isn't. And, uh, I think, you know, certain people are very prideful and that's such a great, amazing quality, but sometimes it can be really scary to relinquish any kind of control. Oh goodness, folks. It really bothered me. It really, really bothered me. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that a little bit and I don't really even know what my point was, but I watched it and, uh, I I will never watch that again. And I really pray for Wendy and her family. And I pray for all of you guys. I I hope, uh, yeah, that's it. Sorry to end on such a bummer. Maybe I'll do a fart joke or something just to to pick it back. (laughs) Just to pick it back. A waka waka. Yeah. Okay, you guys. Come back on Tuesday. We got a great show. We got two great guests. We got the Brav Bros coming. And we do Summer House Vanderpump Rules. A little Miami. We go all around the world. Great talk. Had a blast talking to them. So come back on Tuesday. Come back all week, man. Just be here. Move in with me or I'll move in with you. We'll figure it out. Bye, guys. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.